Welcome to Talking In Stations. It's Matterall on April 22nd. Back uh, after a small absence. Thanks, everybody. Ashtarothy, Rundle, Carneros, and of course, Rich for every um, episode that was done between last Friday and today. I think they did a terrific job. And thank you guys for showing up and watching them uh, while that happened. Uh, I am back today. We're going to do a little bit of news, and then we're going to have an interview with Oxidizer. He does incursions, so we'll get some information on what it's like to run incursions these days. Okay, let's jump in. Looking at how to grab this uh, folder, let's actually have a look at it. Here you go. All right, we're looking at Delve, some war news. Uh, looks like there's going to be... Some keep stars uh, that go under attack tomorrow that belong to the Imperium. Uh, you will find those over here in this sector. Uh, actually, what is that constellation? Let's switch this view here to constellation name. Yeah, the constellation is WTAC4. That's a constellation, not a system. And uh, so this area here, it's on the other side of NPC Delve. So it's a little harder to get to if you control Delve. At this point, we're not really even talking about control of Delve anymore, are we? Except maybe in terms of Pappy and, um, you know, how many iHubs get flipped. But we haven't seen that in a while. I think the last one we saw uh, happened over here somewhere. So uh, over here in WTAC4 Constellation, you can see there's a couple systems there. Uh, P-I-U-G, that's down here. I'll light it up for you. Actually, zoom in on that. Not quite the view that's helpful, so let me back out and go back into the map view so you can conceptualize where it's at. And here it is. And then uh, also in OTAC H, there's Keepstar in each one of those systems. Those will be under attack tomorrow. And uh, I think also in PUIG, there's going to be a Dracus Fortizar that's also uh, on the verge. Okay, let me uh, bring something up here. Yeah, that's uh, this is a map that shows that uh, one keep star and one faction Fortizar. So we are correct about that. It's a Dracos. Uh, that's a the Amarian Fort faction Fortizar that's there, and uh, and one keep star. And then right above one keep star and also one Fortizar. But that's a typical Fortizar that won't be up for grabs. But tomorrow, or within twenty four hours of now, uh, two keep stars and one faction Fortizar. In that is getting close to the end of keep stars inside of delve that do not belong inside this uh this new fortress uh the uh 1dq constellation we're calling it that is where uh the remainder of the imperium and i'm talking about the imperium not just goon swarm but we're talking about tnt talking about bastion talking about all those guys in initiative two this is like uh, where the empire is at this moment. Another thing that's interesting, somebody brought this up and I, I found it fascinating. It's really interesting to think about. Delve was built a long time ago as far as for, uh, as far as NPC stations. Sorry, not NPC stations. As far as stations go, right? The infrastructure inside of Delve was built a long time ago by Band of Brothers. So Band of Brothers has gone through many different the corporations that formed Band of Brothers, those guys split up and went in different directions and uh, came together in uh, Kanzuko and then in uh, IT Alliance. They kind of stuck together there. Then they went into um, 
well, one went into Pandemic Legion, Raikoku. Three of the other ones went to um, a retirement club, 401k. And then from there, they went into NC Dot. And then Raikoku actually joined in NC Dot. They left PL for a short time. Then Raikoku kind of got bounced out by Vince. So NC Dot really has the remainder of the Bob corporations, which be which would be Evolution Corporation, Destructive Influence, Dice Corporation, and uh, Finfleet. And those were the three of the four. And Reikoku again uh, is outside of NC Dot and uh, mostly not doing much. Although they have shown signs of life in the last six months. So Bob is inside of Northern Coalition. So these guys that are still playing, that were some of the guys that put down the NPC stations, the eggs, right? It used to give you an egg. You would build an egg and you would deploy the egg. Kind of look like a pod, the old school pod that was vertical, not horizontal. And from there, a station would pop out within a certain amount of time. And then you had an NPC station. And that NPC station could not be destroyed. Uh, it could just be taken over. So you had different people owning the NPC, it's not like you call it an NPC station, but it's basically an outpost or a player-made station. And uh, that's what we had for a long time. When Citadels came around, they started taking the place of the player-owned star bases, which were the sticks or the uh, pauses, as we called them. Um, but they didn't necessarily replace the stations right away. Then CCP said, okay, those stations are now going to switch from stations that can't be destroyed to Fortizars that are called Faction Fortizars. So whenever we report that a Faction Fortizar is being destroyed, that used to be an, uh, a player station or an outpost that a player created. They created an egg and it turned into a station and it was not destructible. So all Faction Fortizars at one time or another were kind of important to an area. And uh, when I say Delve was built up a long time ago, a lot of the faction Fortizars that are still anchored in their original spots were put there by Bob that built up the place. I was talking to uh, Kenneth Feld, actually, who built about 11 stations. And uh, some of those might have been in Delve. Or actually, a lot of his were in the north in the tribute area. But, but the guys at NC Dot, a lot of those guys that are destroying these stations are the ones that built them, which is so cool. It's kind of like... They brought it into the world, and they're going to take it out. And uh, it is a little bit, it's a little bit poetic. Okay. So, yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting too. Uh, uh, Pakapook, Pakapook, great name. All right, let's look here. Um, yeah, Mercenary Coalition was part of that. Probably they were the, I think they was called the Greater Community, the Greater Bob Community. Uh, I think that's what it was called. And uh, the Mercenary Coalition was part of that until they said, we're going to break off and form Tortuga, our pirate cove there in period basis. And a uh, band of brothers looked at that and said, hey, you're betraying us. That's our territory. You're taking it for yourself. That's a big problem. We're going to not let you do that. And uh, they did that in the middle of a conflict. So it was even worse. And uh, Bob managed to turn around, head south, and just racked Mercenary Coalition and uh, pretty much uh, kicked them out. 
So, but, but before that, uh, Mercenary Coalition was a friend, uh, did a lot of contract work for Band of Brothers. And they probably put some stations up too. But it's interesting, right? I mean, I think that's really a neat little point. Okay, so we're looking at this uh, map that's uh, provided. This is provided on the Pappy side of things. It's obviously a checklist of what they need to do. If you look closely at it, oh, actually, let me look here. If we zoom in, we can see uh, there's a little easy indicators here. Let's see what's still left. I mean, there, if it's crossed out, that means everything in there that is large has been wiped out. There might be a lot of astrohouses or smaller things in there. Those are not strategic targets at the moment. But here in uh, PS Tech 9, you have a Keepstar and you have uh, a Satio. That's what the S is for. You have a Satio up here in 5 Tech 6. Um, a little bit over, and this is all Helm's Deep area. That's what we've been calling it since since it was dubbed that, and it's just a cool name, so we're sticking with it. Uh, in one B tack, you have a Keepstar. Sorry, that's a Sotio, not a Keepstar, a Sotio. In uh, T tack J, uh, you have a Tartara. Tartara. I always have trouble with that one. So both these here are not Keepstars. They are just large industrial stuff. And then over here you have basically uh, OTAC-H and PUIG. Both those are going to be attacked tomorrow. If they're not defended, those will be destroyed, leaving just one Keepstar PS-TAC-9 left outside of the fortress of 1DQ. And now this is interesting because PS-TAC-9 would have been dead by now, but the Imperium managed to flip that, that uh, iHub a while ago, about 30 days ago, because this thing becomes vulnerable. I shouldn't put it that way. This system becomes jammable uh, tomorrow. So 30, let's say 32 or 33, 34 days ago, this system, the iHub was taken by the Imperium. That was the, remember I said there was a, an iHub that was taken at some point, this is it, PS Tech 9. So this would have been dead by now, if Imperium hadn't done that. But because they did, this is going to be the last Keepstar outside of the constellation of 1DQ. If this is jammable, this means they can start to reinforce it probably with over the weekend with a shield timer. So by next week, this one will be targeted and possibly destroyed. Yes, Tatara, thank you for that. Uh, I want to throw an R in there. I keep saying Tartara. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So that's uh, pretty much the war update. Interesting stuff. It looks like um, we predicted that that would take a lot longer than it did. Uh, Pappy has just surprised me each time. We think they're going to move slowly and they just, uh, they just uh, put on the accelerator. And even, even though we knew it was going to start increasing that pace, that pace really, uh, that was fast, right? I mean, that was a lot of timers that these guys keep showing up for. And, uh, you know, I think, I think there's not a lot of contesting going on, which is probably because, uh, Pappy have uh, superior numbers or, or the plan for the Imperium is just to say, look, we don't care about anything outside of one DQ. We're going to defend the constellation as much as we can. And if the constellation gets away from us, let's actually go look at that. 
uh, we're going to defend 1DQ the system, and that is going to be a hard nut to crack. So um, we're not really going to waste any of our power trying to defend stuff that we know will eventually fall. We're going to put everything on 1DQ. All the chips go on the table there, and uh, we dare you to take it. Funny enough, the messaging coming out of the Imperium has been, hurry up. Um, hurry up. We're, we're bored already. This war is boring. You'll hear a lot of Imperium saying this war is boring. Uh, and I think that's... Um, the idea there is to basically say, attack us now, please. You know, uh, Now, why would Imperium want that? Because the sooner the fight, the, the uh, better odds there are that their guys will be around. Uh, to to fight it if if this were to go on for months i think i don't know but i think it would be hard to keep everybody together over a longer period of time so the faster the war goes possibly the better it is for imperium uh, pappy faces the same problem they have people that are tired of the war who don't want to uh, who want to do other things but the reason i think pappy has less of a problem with a longer war is because uh, their guys are constantly getting kill mails, and so they're getting rewarded for their time, even though it's a structure grind, which is always awful. They're seeing their kill boards tick up, and for PvPers, that's a big deal. Okay, so that's the war report, and let me just go through the notes here. Uh, Satio in 31X. This is something mysterious that came up. A Satio in 31XRE. Let me find that for you. I believe that is in the general vicinity. So we'll go to Dotland, switch our view to systems. Uh, oh, we'll go just to security and uh, search for. Oh, so it is in Delve, uh, 31X up here. And this one, there was a Satio that belonged to the Imperium and it got unanchored. So good for them if that's the Imperium on anchoring it, which they're the only ones that can. But uh, nobody knows what happened to it. So maybe the Imperium actually picked up a Sotillo and uh, didn't lose it. Now let's have a look at that map again because this no longer is relevant. This Sotillo is now gone. Huh. That's fascinating. No, 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 no. That's one system off. Uh, I got confused. That system is still there. This Satio here got picked up and uh, taken away. We don't know by who, but we presume the Imperium. Otherwise, Pappy would have celebrated that sort of a thing out loud, I imagine. My bad. So this one is still there. Okay, and that is your war report inside of Delve. Now let's go to some other place here. There's a battle report and syndicate in the... Home system of uh, Eve University's NullSec campus, right? University with various campus. They have a high-sec campus. They also have a NullSec campus, which is in Syndicate. Uh, I believe they have other campuses or maybe even wormhole expeditions, but I'm not certain what they are. But this is their wormhole, sorry, their NullSec uh, area. And Syndicate is not conquerable since it's an NPC area. So that's a good place to put down a campus for a university. And they got attacked, though, by some Russian groups that are out there in Syndicate. Um, it looks like Team C was United Fleet. I believe that's who uh, dropped some dreads on uh, the uh, campus there. And 
yeah, let's see who actually won this fight. Well, Ivy League, which is Eve University, basically came out with a 95% efficiency rating. So it looks like they took that battle. Uh, they were helped by Shadow Cartel and Waffles and uh, so to Toilet Paper, a French group, and uh, and a few others. So uh, Shadow Cartel bring in 33. Good for them. It's nice to have good friends, isn't it, Eve University? So that defended them from these, uh, basically these groups over here from um, the area syndicate. Okay, also in syndicate, this was a late report. Let's, let me just read it to you here. Also in syndicate, of sound mind had a capital fight. There were one of the they were one of the syndicate-based alliances which deployed to the southeast to attack Legacy's pre-war home regions. This indicates that they might have returned to syndicate. Let's have a look at that. A sound mind has uh, they have a really good history of uh, they were actually yeah Jin June Ting we met her. Uh, well, she's, I've known of her since, um, 2015. She was one of the advisors to Lichten, who was the head of Brave at the time. She was an advisor to him and he, he would actually be highly influenced by her. So we heard. And, uh, so of sound mind was actually in hero coalition, which was brave at the top of that ticket. Test was a, a supporting role. Those two together were the big groups inside of Hero Coalition. And of Sound Mind was in there with, I think, a couple other groups. Uh, so June, actually, after all that happened with Brave and it, you know Hero Coalition fell apart, June reemerged in Wormhole Space and actually helped fight a battle that was really well known uh, Pause Party was being evicted from Hydra, which was the name of the wormhole, and she was in there helping defend that. And uh, you can see her talking on Talking In Stations when we talked to the whole group that defended Pause P at the time. And so uh, here she is again in Syndicate. I think that might be a traditional area. Her and her group of Sound Mind returning home to Syndicate after wreaking some havoc in the legacy space. All right. I think that wraps up our news. I'm going to shoot you over to a commercial while I bring in our guest, uh, Oxidizer. We're going to talk about incursions next. If you're interested, stick around. I hope to learn some things, and I hope you learn some things too. Uh, we will be right back uh, after this. Okay, Oxidizer, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Hi. Good to meet you. We're starting in just a minute. Okay. Let's see. Let me uh, turn off the cam here. How many windows open? It's hard to find. Let's see. There mm -hmm. it is. All right. Your sound is good. And Great. we're ready in 20 seconds. Sounds good. Yeah. For those that can still see us, that means you're, you're not blocked by commercials. I don't know how Twitch does it. I wish they would just give us a break, but since you're here, might as well talk to you. <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, here we go. One second. Okay. Welcome back to Talking in Stations. I am joined now by Oxidizer Cause. Uh, he is from the Warp to Me Incursions. Is that what's the name of the corporation, Oxidizer? 
Uh, it's not actually a single corporation. We're just mm. sort of a community, we would call it. Well, it's nice to meet you. Welcome to Talking Stations. You do incursions. You Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell me, is it, uh, you, you were about to tell me it's not a corporation, it's a group that does incursions. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah. So work to me doesn't require uh, involvement in any corporation or specific thing. Uh, we're sort of an open community. Anybody that is uh, able to fly one of the ships that we use is allowed to join up and fly with us uh, as much or as little as they want. So it's kind of um, a community group for anybody that wants to join. Yes. Yeah. Now, I'm going to take you back into how long have you been doing incursions? Uh, I've been doing incursions actually about two years, which I know a lot of people think is uh, fairly fairly young in terms of uh, EVE, but it's pretty much all I've done in my time. So I have a decent bit of experience with it now. Oh, before I take you back to the beginning of incursions, you tell me about mm-hmm. your career. When did you start playing EVE? Uh, I would say I started playing EVE seriously about two years ago. Um, my account goes back to 2014, where I hopped in and dabbled in some various uh, things. I think the first thing I did was uh, do a little bit of mining, which I did not enjoy. Uh, I spent a good bit of time in Brave Newbies, uh, flying ships that I had no idea what I was doing, Uh and then more recently, my experience has been with uh, incursions, as I mentioned. So I, uh, I joined up as a regular line member, uh, really enjoyed it, and uh, applied for the FC program. Uh, got into that, went through that, uh, became an FC, and then have ended up in uh, leadership and officer roles within the community. Um, so I've really devoted pretty much all of my current EVE time to... Uh, to flying incursions and running with warp to me. That's great. Well, it's interesting. 2013 was a really good year to join Eve online. So you saw some of the, some of the bigger things. Was there something that drew you into the game? Uh, at that time, I honestly, it was some real life friends that have played uh, a lot longer than I have. And they were like, you know, I play a lot of video games. We love sci-fi stuff. So like, you should give this a shot. Um, and I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I, I enjoyed what I did, uh, but I just I don't think it was until I found uh, a community within Eve that I really sort of that it got its hooks in me, and I started staying around longer. Yeah. All right. Well, good. I mean, you were good. You joined at a good time. That was probably the peak population wise, but we don't know how many of those were bots, right? But two thirteen <laughs> <Sure. laughs> was. If I think about it, two thirteen was probably a high point for all video games uh, between two thousand and ten through two thousand and thirteen. If you look at populations of uh, MMORPGs at the time, that's when they were all uh, pretty pretty high up there. And I think two thousand thirteen was really the peak of video games. As we knew it. Uh, now they've changed forms and you have a lot of independent video games, but you also have uh, expansive, what do they call those? Open world kind of games, you have sure. survival games, all kinds of different games now that uh, attract a lot of different people. Uh, but I think the 2013 was kind of the end of a that 2000 to 2010 party that was going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it was Eve's high point too. If you look at uh, our population, I think we hit 65,000 concurrent players. You know, that was starting to happen, not regularly, but it was, you know, not 
not unheard of. Okay, so right. there you are. You're joining the game. You're an avid game player, it sounds like. You like science fiction. And uh, what were you introduced to first? Were you doing missions or are you just hanging out with your friends doing what? Uh, honestly, it was... Um, yeah, honestly, it was uh, it was incursions. Um, okay, I had uh, I had uh, a friend who had been doing them for a little while, and they gave me a uh, a loan, and they got me some skill injectors, and they dropped me into uh, they dropped me into incursions pretty much right away. Um, flying a vindicator and just running around shooting Sancha. Dude, you you had injectors way back then. I thought they uh, not in 2014. Sorry, that's oh. more recently. Oh, Back yeah. in the day, I honestly. So I my most. Say, like... Yeah, no, 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 not <laughs> not way back then. When I when I first did that, it was uh, my friends were like, "Hey, we're going to join this group called Brave Newbies. They're going to give us free ships, and we're going to run around and we're going to shoot things." I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, I would still argue I don't have a great idea of what I'm doing in PvP, <laughs> but I had an absolute blast just flying around in a big ball with a bunch of other people and for me i was coming the game i've probably played the most other than eve is world of warcraft um to see the scale the size of the amount of people playing all all at once all together was just incredible to me and so i think that's really what you know wrote me in there yeah that's really something isn't it i think we forget just what other games are capable of in comparison and it feels uh, like a completely different scale to see mm -hmm. absolutely all these people on your team basically and then all those people not on your team but when you're doing incursions um let me take you back to when i did incursions and this is not about me it's about you for sure but i want okay. to just tell you when it came into the game the environment was nobody knew what this was how to how to work it um, it was pretty hard at the very mm. first, like the first few weeks. But what was so interesting and inviting about it was this was one of the first opportunities for you to participate with people you didn't know. And we still mm. had, at the time, we had voice comms inside of Eve, right? Okay. So you could come into it, show up at a certain uh, system, and there would just be people like, you know, hey, I'm a Lodgy. Anybody need a Lodgy? And somebody would say like, yeah, we need you in our group. And so they would pull you in. Or you would sit there and say, hey, I, you know, I do DPS. I got this kind of a shit. People would broadcast themselves like, can I play? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was pretty funny. Uh, it was sad if you didn't get picked. And it was you sure. know, cool if you got in there and stuff. So that was the beginning. It was group play for Strangers and Eve. And when you got into a fleet, you didn't have to do all this calm stuff mm -hmm. you, you basically just tapped into the columns that was inside the game so you're ready to go um and so i wonder like is it still that kind of a social game where strangers can play with other strangers um you know i guess obviously i i, I wasn't around at the start of incursions um so what you talk about though sounds fairly similar i mean we we do we use out of game voice chat so these days we're we're running we run a team speak server um and we still do have i think that sense of you are joining up with randoms but i guess you see the same randoms time and time again you see the same people and so uh what what is still there though is that anybody is welcome to join you know that you, you click your encounter journal and you go you know find where the incursion is spawned and 
anybody that wants to fly can head over into that area and and join up and we'll advertise our channels in in local there and somebody can join up and figure out you know well what do i need to do what do i need to fly in order to join up um it sounds like now things are a lot more organized uh we have things i guess you could say a little bit more solved than when it first began right. um which uh, I'm sure there's lots of opinions on whether that's good or bad, but uh, it really does allow for people to just kind of jump in and decide to play. And sometimes people play for a lot and sometimes people play for a little. Yeah. So it allows people to come and go on their schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Which is one of the, one of the great things. So I like that you start seeing people and you become more familiar with them. And what do you know? It's a chance to meet somebody new. Mm -hmm. Um. So you've been doing it a while now and, uh, you like the group environment, I think you said, um, yes. Yeah. So tell me about that. You became an FC for incursions, which is, well, you came out of wow. That gives me an idea of like, you like the orchestrative effect of it. Mm -hmm. So I did some raid leading in wow. Right. Um, so I definitely have that experience of, uh, herding cats and, uh, I think bringing it into Eve where, one, this, as I said before, the scale is so much larger. Um, and getting to, to really kind of control a larger group, but also not be like, not having to like dictate every single little thing. Like, I don't have to, hopefully, I don't have to tell every single person that, you know, please make sure you're firing your guns. Um, you know, <laughs> that call still comes out pretty frequently, no matter what you do. Uh, but getting to really, spend time kind of pulling back and really getting to see everything that's going on on a way larger scale having having those 40 people in your fleet and flying around and moving them where they need to be and identifying you know what what is happening right now and um what do we need to do differently uh when this happens now again a lot of these incursions as a whole are solved it's not like you know the sites are you know drastically random but there are calls in terms of how we engage with um, some of the other communities and how we deal with uh, locking down and securing our own sites that really have a lot of interest. Um, you know, it's rare that an FC is just FCing. They're paying attention to the wait list where they're managing, you know, what fits are people showing up with? And does this person, you know, need to be taught uh, why something on their ship is not set up correctly for them to come fly with us? Um, are we scouting so that we can find out, well, well where's this other community and when are they going to finish their site and where are they in terms of their progress? Um, and it was, it, there's just, there's so much going on that I, I just, I found myself very drawn to everything that was, that was a part of it. So it's not just an orchestration because, and you'll need to explain this for some people. Sure. People can come into your incursion, right? uh no in, incursions aren't really owned um you know they they spawn in they spawn in high sec nobody nobody well they spawn in high sec and and low sec and null sec i believe but the the high sec ones are the ones we're focused on and nobody owns those so right. there are other communities that will fly in the focuses in these incursion areas with us and there's competition for these sites um well, that's what, I'm, that's that what were, I'm referring to, the competition yeah. between sites, yeah. Yeah. Um, so at any given moment in the incursion space, there's five sites up. Uh, and when a site goes down, it will respawn in seven, seven and a half minutes. You got about that much time. And 
there are some sites that are faster than others. So that means you're getting a better ISK per hour, uh, which for a lot of people is the end goal. Um, they want to make their money. They want to make it fastest. And so depending on how your fleet stacks up against another fleet, you might find yourself uh, needing to push a little harder, overheating your guns, maneuvering a little bit differently in order to get the better sights. Uh, and so there's a lot of excitement that comes around uh, as a result of that competition. Right. And let me see. So when you're in progress, can somebody actually come into your site and possibly do more damage to it or whatever it is that qualifies them to take the, the loot instead of you? Yes. So that is called contesting. Okay. Um, so the way incursions, for anybody who's not aware, the, there's, there's not really any loot in uh, the majority of the incursion. It's all site payout. So at the end of a site, uh, the fleet that has done the most damage will get 31.5 million ISK, every single pilot in the fleet. Um, so when we talk about contesting, if two fleets enter at the same time or even not at the same time, whichever fleet has done the most damage to the enemy at the end of it, they're the one that gets the payout. Uh, and so that comp that's what we talk about when we're, when we're discussing the competition is mm -hmm. who ends up doing more damage and who ends up getting the payout as a result of that. Right. Which is cool because when you were, uh, when we were saying earlier, it's not just like incursions have been solved. So it's a little bit of a routine. It's an orchestration like a raid would be right. Where you move mm -hmm. people around the right moment, move, uh, moments to get them to do the right thing at the right time. But you're also thinking, who's coming at me, who's going to come in and maybe try to steal this. Like there's a lot more than just orchestration going on in your mind yeah. as an FC. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, uh, are there any other things that you want to speak of as far as like from an FC perspective, what it's like to do incursions? Um, I think it's a lot more, uh, it's a lot less of sitting back and being like, because a lot, as I said, a lot of the pilots have done this a lot. And you'd think that after a certain amount of time, you just kind of sit back and uh, let them do their thing. But there's really a lot of like motivational aspect of it, of making sure that your fleet not only is having fun, like you want to, you want to, you want to make the most ISK per hour, but you also want to be having the most fun per hour. And if the fleet is just too strict and nobody's talking and nobody's enjoying themselves, because we're running these things 23 hours a day and we're swapping through FCs and we're doing these all the time. You can't just be silent, you know, sitting there in silence the whole time. You got to have some excitement. Um, and so that's where we, you know, we, we, we've got our community and we have our, you know, our conversations and our jokes and our memes and everything else that comes along with being a part of this larger, you know, this larger group of people of meeting people and making friends and doing all of these, you know, activities together. And it's not just about, are we the fastest? Are we the best? But it's also about, are we an enjoyable group of people to play with? And do people want to continue coming back and flying with us? Yeah. I noticed early on you had some fans inside of uh, chat here, so you must be doing something right. Yes. I, uh, I appreciate <laughs> all of my groups. I'm sure some members of our, uh, our bro squad community are, uh, are in chat as well. Um, but we, we do, we do get quite a, quite an audience. Good. So, um, now let's speak from uh, incursions from the, from your guys's perspective, right? The guys that may be interested in doing this for you, what kinds of ships, what kinds of fits 
what kinds of skills do they need to participate in in this warp to me uh, group? Sure. So we are a shield community. Um, all that means is that all of our tanking is focused primarily around uh, the shields. Our logistics are all shield reps. Um, and we have a pretty wide variety. We have a number of starter ships uh, that we say, hey, if this is your first time you know, flying and playing EVE, we recommend these few ships. Uh, there's just an enormous amount of the starter ships uh, that we allow. Um, and that's really just to sort of keep ourselves open for new players to come in in case somebody doesn't have a lot of experience with it. Rather than talk about every single individual starter ship, I'm going to talk more about what we call our optimal ships because those are the ships we want people to get into. Mm -hmm. um, right now, our core environment of ships is made up of uh, the Vindicator, the Nightmare, uh, for logistics, we're primarily using uh, scimitars, uh, basilisks. We use the Loki uh, as our T3 variant. And then uh, recently, with, uh, with the most, one of the most recent patches, we've started using Marauders more frequently. And so that's Varger, mm -hmm. the Kronos, and the Paladin. Uh, unfortunately, the Golem did not make the cut uh, that's okay. Those are being used in wormhole space. So it, it, yeah, there's definitely <laughs> some, some room for them to be used. Yes. Um, so in terms of skills, you know, you obviously you want the basics of whatever ship you're using. You want to be able to to fly it. Um, but you're then looking for your gunnery skills. You want to make sure your guns are doing, you know, this is for our shooting ships, but you want to make sure your guns are are doing what they need to. Um, your capacitor skills are super important. I don't care how much damage you're doing. If you're broadcasting for cap every 10 seconds and your shield hardeners are turning off or you have to turn your guns off because you can't fire anymore, you're not helping, you know, you're not helping out everybody. Um, but again, our, all of our ships and the, the, the skill paths that we encourage people into are designed to make it easy to go from one ship to the next to the next. And so that you can kind of easily transition from flying one of our starter, you know, battleships, say, you know, a pretty standard upgrade. It's a start in a Hyperion and then upgrade to a Vindicator. Um, and then from a Vindicator, you get into a Kronos. Um, I'm, I'm looking at your website now and you have this all yep. organized. Yes, yes. Uh, the website contains all of our, all of our fits, all of our uh, accepted options. Um, so... There, you have a lot roles, of uh, for the vindicator. Yes, the, the vind a lot of different things that the vindicator itself is responsible for. The vindicator is a very flexible ship because of its webs. Um, so we'll have uh, we have a vindicator two in fleet that specifically focus on frigates. That's our triple D uh, is the role. Um, they manage all the light drones. They're going around. They're shooting all the frigates. Uh, you know, there's nothing worse than waiting in a site. Uh, for the next wave to spawn. And the only thing that's left flying around is a couple of tiny little frigates that aren't going to do anything to harm you, but they still have to be killed before the next wave spawns. So, Got to clean them out. Cool. So you were saying that, you know, you can use the a battleship for a while, and then when you get better, your skills get better, you can adjust to a, a bigger ship or a, mm -hmm. or a different role even. Yeah, so here's your logistics and uh, scimitars you were saying earlier, and this is neat. You have a four minimum, that's level four, which is yep. kind of minimum for really getting out there and doing PvP, but also looks this high-end PvE stuff that the yeah. incursions are. And that really is about your cap stability. Um, 
of just what can you bring into the fleet and reasonably be able to to provide uh you know reps to the rest of the rest of the fleet while maintaining your own capacitor right and then if they graduate or continue to skill you have a level five version of that Mm -hmm. when they finally get into that and that would be a little more effective yep once you upgrade those skills lets you bring some additional links helping out the rest of the fleet in different ways dude what's an optimal i mean you have five and then you have optimal yes so okay uh you make a lot of money in incursions um you know we were ranging in 150 150 to 300 million isk per hour um uh and we measure it pretty closely so you can make uh, you can make a pretty ridiculous amount of money in in incursions um as such it also means we can uh use a, a lot of the the best of the best um so that means upgrading everything to to faction we have people who definitely um fly some very very expensive fits uh and we encourage that um nice looks good so they'll be able to get into the more expensive stuff what i failed to see there under scimitar was that it was a five optimal so you have a five minimum and then you have five optimal if you have money to spend optimize your fit yep exactly cool uh vanguards those are the type of sites aren't they yeah the within an incursion there's then three sub branches of it there's the vanguards there's the assaults and then there's the hqs we are primarily an hq headquarters uh group um headquarters is the 40 man assaults are 20 and vanguards are around 10 i see nice all right so vanguards can actually be very very profitable as well Um, what i used to hear that people wanted the vanguards because you could go through them faster yes so you still can um but uh you it requires a lot more attention um whereas in a 40 uh, in a in a 40 person fleet i don't want to say that you can slack off but it's it, there's a little bit more of a spread out responsibility whereas if you are one of 10 people in a vanguard site every single person's got to be on the ball in terms of what they're shooting firing at the right targets things like that aligning to the next site being ready um but we have some people who have optimized their uh uh, their vanguard running uh, pretty well. Yeah, are they making the same amount of coin as you? Um, they can. Uh, a slow HQ fleet and a fast vanguard fleet, you'll definitely see some uh, some optim some some overlap between those. Um, I would still say that our HQs are more popular in the long run because people just prefer the the bigger sites um, and the the larger amount of uh of people available for them cool all right so uh dan cook who's somebody in our audience that i recognize asks um you see a lot of soloing in vanguards is that true that's soloing a person can solo because they can do multi-boxing correct yes okay explain explain that a little bit and how pervasive is it um fairly pervasive uh we have a we have a couple of people um, that are are pretty well known to us that uh, will uh, come along to the focus, and they will bring 
uh, 10 of a single type of ship, maybe one Lodgy, uh, and they will run those vanguards uh, all by themselves. Um, they're good at it. They're consistent. Uh, they have a lot of practice with it, and they're earning good money with it. Um, it's obviously, it's a bit of an investment to set up. Uh, and if you're thinking of moving into that space, uh, I would tell you that it is pretty well packed with people who want to do that. And uh, your money might be spelled, spent elsewhere because these people have a lot more experience than you. So they could come in and, and swipe your, your uh, yes. site? The contesting mechanic is the same in, in Vanguards. Um, and so uh, in general, I would say people flying their ships individually can usually beat out multi-boxers. Um, but if you're new to this and you're just kind of still learning the ropes, these multi-boxers can put you down pretty quick. Wild. Uh, what kind of ugly business is that? You're working on something and somebody swipes it. Like, oh, <laughs> it get heated? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say heated. There's a, there's a mutual respect between the communities, I think. Uh, Warp to me has a policy of not actively contesting which means that we will not attempt to steal a site from somebody if they have already started it. Mm. If two communities land on the activation gate at the same time and you're both entering the site together, that's when the, you know, the competition typically comes out. And Warp to Me does a lot of defending themselves when another community comes in and um, sort of tries to, to muscle their way in. Um, but again, that's Eve. You know, that's going to happen no matter where you are in high sec, null sec, in in PvP, PVE trade. Um, but Warp to me, as a community, has really tried to focus uh, more on our uh, our rule number one, which is don't be a dick. Um, hopefully, <laughs> I can say that. Uh, yeah. And um, you're just say don't be a Richard, right? Yeah, there you go. So so that so that's very important to us. And I don't want to automatically blanket say that anybody who's engaging in contesting is a is a jerk because I get it. Like why would you not? If you can make money and and you know, you have to imagine the contested sites go quicker because there's 80 ships on grid instead of just 40. So they're faster. So it's like, yeah, why wouldn't you give it a shot? Um Right. But there is there is some there's some definite uh things can get heated. Um you know, we encourage people to to stay calm and maybe keep out a local if uh, they're feeling particularly salty that day. But no, that's um, good. They got some behavioral management the suggestions that you give out for sure, for sure. Um, but that's the you know going back to that idea of like what's the FC doing? It's also recognizing that if you're in a system and there's another opposing fleet up that's much stronger than yours. Make good decisions. Don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to get your site stolen because your fleet's not as strong do the site that's maybe a little slower, but you're guaranteed to get the payout as opposed to trying to sneak in a, a little bit of a faster site and losing all of your money, you know? Right. Now, there's a lot of deep gameplay here, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure incursions get that kind of credit, uh, but it is, again, not just an orchestration like a raid, even though that's a big deal in and of mm -hmm. itself, but just these other things that you have to consider. and. Um, and the conditions, right? Because these aren't instanced uh, events. You're out in the wide world with everybody else. Oh yes, and you know, ganking is uh, ganking is a thing. Um, as I mentioned, we have very expensive ships, and we 
we travel around. You know, when the incursion goes down and it moves to a different spot, everybody's moving with it. And so that means you're flying bowheads packed with very expensive ships. Um, we do a lot of education around how to avoid getting yourself killed uh, after you've spent all of your incursion money on flying one of our fancy ships. But, uh, you know, it yeah. still happens. The bowhead was made for you guys, wasn't it? It's was like your suitcase. I, I love it. Yeah. I, I love that ship. I call it like the guitar case, you know, with a, full of mm -hmm. a bunch of machine guns and stuff. Like, yeah. Uh, like Desperado, if you've seen that. Very, very much the case. <laughs> so you have like all your arsenal inside this uh, bowhead and you, mm -hmm. you like have, you know, have gun will travel. Uh, yeah. Hopefully the only thing you're carrying in your bowhead is your ships and that all of the mods are in a different ship that is a lot less conspicuous. Mm. Um, but that would be my, that's my way of traveling. Well, that's, that's a good That tip. would be... Yeah, that would be my recommendation if you're looking to get into incursions is don't don't stuff everything in the same uh, pinata. Yeah, that's a good that's a good one because really your modules for your line of work are a big portion of uh your investment, I think. Oh yeah. In many cases the depending on the ship you're flying, the modules will be more valuable than the uh the hull itself. Oh, that's cool. So uh, Warp to me is an organization that uh, is public, which means you can approach them and see if you can get in on some of their stuff. And you have FCs that you switch in and out because this goes on 24 hours a day. Yes. Um, you only do high sec or do you venture into low sec too? We do not venture into low sec. Um, it's just asking at least, for trouble, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, really, most of the low sec incursions are just run by the people who own the space that's there um they're very similar obviously you can use a uh, higher quality and class of ships in those um but in terms of you know what we're looking for we we still have plenty of uh plenty of content without having to dip into low sec right yeah uh how many incursions are running simultaneously these days has it changed there is a single incursion up in high sec. Um, I believe there's two, maybe three low sec incursions that are active at any one moment. Um, back when incursions first arrived, and I unfortunately wasn't around for this time frame, but I believe there used to be three high sec incursions. Yeah. Um, and that got uh, nerfed uh, fairly quickly um, because the income okay I, i'm actually confirming it's one high sec one low sec and three null sec uh mm. for incursion spawns um yeah that's totally and, changed from the beginning yeah so as i said there used to be three high sec and the the thing with th having three high sec incursions is that that meant none of that competition none of the contesting that we uh we talked about um because if there was a fleet flying there you just you just went to another another place so yeah, I, it still happened, but it was more, it was very rare back then. I don't know how rare it is now, but it was very rare. It was just almost theoretical that somebody could take it from you if they wanted to. These days, uh, it's pretty common. It is, uh, there is, it's a high, high contest. Um, I want to say mm -hmm. we average between three to five communities flying uh, in any single incursion. So that's... Uh, anywhere between 
you know, 120 to 160 plus pilots that are all trying to to lock in a site at the same time. Wow. I didn't know it was down to one. So basically you kind of travel around like you're almost like a plains uh Native American. That's not a good example, but you're you're, you're like, you know, wolves. We're nomads. Of, yeah, nomads following the herds as they migrate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh most of the focuses um typically fall around a trade hub of some sort, either Jita or Amar. Uh you get some others that can end up out in random areas of space. They can spawn on high sec islands, which is always an adventure. Um uh but yeah, we're pretty much just running all over the place keeping up with these and uh following them wherever they spawn all right um gregorian uh you snuck in here do you have a question for oxidizer yeah, i think the reason why they brought it down to one high second incursion if i recall correctly that was because uh of the Triglavian invasions mm, okay so how has that affected how warped me runs things how the triglavian invasions have changed since they came out two years ago sure uh so ah, there's a lot of there's a lot of points on this so i can start off with the ship the uh for a while the lashak uh the triglavian ship was a very 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 strong ship for incursions um that is no longer the case uh as of the bastion marauder changes um but for a for a while uh the Lashak was an extremely strong ship that we were pushing people towards. Um, in terms of the invasions and the other aspects of it, um, obviously paying attention to your Edencom and Triglavian standing uh, back during the actual invasion when it was popping up more frequently, that was a big deal. You needed to make sure that as you were going through uh, certain areas that were held by either side that your, uh, your standing was, uh, set up correctly. Um, and, uh, when Niarja was flipped and then disappeared, that drastically changed the traveling, uh, that was required for incursions because it basically cut out one of our, one of our major, uh, travel pathways. Um, now we've made our way around it and we still do fine, but, uh, it, the the traveling can certainly take longer. There's uh there's nothing worse than getting the notification that a new spawn has occurred and you have uh fifty some jumps to make in your bowhead. All right, we're watching the incursion trailer way back from mm -hmm. 2010 when these things started. Yep. Remember this trailer was hot stuff when it came out. It was written yep. really well. It's yeah, they've done good work with uh with uh, the the promotional materials for it. Yeah. It's so funny. For me, Incursions was a high point uh, in EVE Online because uh, it was group play and you could meet people. And I thought that was one of the best things ever because uh, it's a wide world out there. And uh, you don't want all the commitment of, you know, joining a corporation or an alliance and all the, you know, requirements that they have for security just to get involved. And then once you join, all the commitments of having to earn your keep. And it just seemed like I want to belong to a group, but I don't want all of that. I just want to come in, yep. play with some people. And Incursions was a great way to do that. And it sounds like you're making it, uh, you're keeping it that way. We're trying to. Um, you know, part of this one focus environment is that we do have to encourage people to upgrade their ships. Um, unfortunately, we can't allow people to sit in a Hyperion forever. 
um, at some point, you know, just just to give you some you know napkin math numbers here. Uh, if I were to fly a Hyperion right now with my skills, I would do about thirteen hundred DPS. Um, my Chronos in Bastion is getting up into the four K DPS. Um, so you have to, yeah. yeah, you have to assume like, okay, like at what point, you know, especially then factoring in contesting, at what point are we basically just flying basically under grid with not, a, you know, without enough people in fleet, we, we, we want people to upgrade. And so we want, we want to be approachable. We want people to come and join with us. And then we want people to stick around because it's a great community. And then we want them to upgrade because they want to see the community do better. And we really do see a lot of people who had no idea what they were getting into and have really found a group of people that they really enjoy flying with, that they really want to spend more time with, and then go out and do other things in EVE. We have, you know, I mentioned the Bro Squad guys earlier. We have a whole group of them that go and they do wormhole stuff together. We have a ton of people who work together to do uh, to do trading. Um, there, are, there are groups of people who have branched out and gotten into different, you know, NullSec alliances and communities together, and they met through flying incursions and playing with Warp to Me. All right. So a question from Nick Bison says, uh, what would be the ballpark is cost for a full fit optimal Kronos? Full fit optimal Kronos is probably looking in the four and a half to five bill, I believe, um, depending on where you're looking. Yeah, those have just gone up in price, of course. You yes, know, they have, and they are very highly sought after. That patch hit a little quicker than we were expecting. Were uh, you expecting we, it? We were. We oh. we had been monitoring it on the test servers and keeping an eye out for what was happening. Um, I would maybe say that we were surprised that it went live the way that it did. Uh, we're not mad about it because it's really fun to fly a ship that just rips through targets like that. Um, but it it arrived much quicker than we expected. We thought we had a little bit more time in terms of testing, uh, but instead the uh, the patch went live, and we had to we had to jump to figure out how to get them into our uh, into our fleets quickly. All right, another question here from uh, Tempest Data who asks, uh, how would you keep troublemakers out of your fleet? Being a public fleet, I am sure you get people joining. I lost my place. Uh, people joining that aren't able to pull their weight or actively mess up the fleet. Sure. Um, so that's, I'm, I'm laughing at that because that's something of my, uh, of my specialty as an <laughs> officer within warp to me is I manage the, uh, I manage the community. I would say that I'm in charge of, uh, the bands and keeping the the riffraff out of it. Um, again, going back to that rule one, don't be a Richard, uh, is <laughs> um, making making sure that we are. You, you think about intent. So let's talk about like somebody somebody not pulling their weight, such as like a new player. That's okay. We understand that you got to start somewhere. We can't expect everybody to instantly know what they're doing. And all we ask is that you're putting in the effort. Shoot your guns. Try to be where you're supposed to be. Now, if you're actively messing around in fleet and you're not paying attention and you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, we instruct our FCs. You give somebody a warning. If they're still not doing what they're supposed to be doing, you kick them out of fleet. And if it escalates beyond that, then we can maybe have a conversation about, okay, 
is this happening every single time that you join fleet? And do we need to have a larger conversation about whether you're going to be allowed back? Um, the website, the, the waitlist website that we have, we can ban accounts from Xing up with it. So we can tell people, you know, hey, come back in a week, think about what you've done. We can tell people you're not allowed to come back ever. Um, we're a little bit more stricter on the behavioral side of things. If you're really breaking our rule one, um, you're not going to be around for very long. We really don't stand for, you know, uh, that sort of behavior, but we also don't really run into it. It's very, very rare that even if I have to like reprimand somebody like for doing something wrong in a fleet that they, that they then, you know, cop an attitude with me and, and, you know, get snippy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people generally appreciate what the community is doing because, you know, otherwise they wouldn't be able to run these sites and make the money that they do. And, you know, do whatever it is that they want to do in Eve with it. So, yeah. you know, we don't, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it like a pervasive problem, but obviously we do have to have some, some management of yeah. it. And you manage, have, and you have tools to manage and stuff. Have yes. people ever tried to dodge bans by creating a new account or something like that? The, when I say that we ban somebody from the community, what I actually mean is that we're making them pay whatever isk they want to pay to make a new alt and level that character's skills back up to fly with us again. Um, we do have ways of checking to see if you are related to other accounts, and I'm not going to share them here. Mm -hmm. uh, but we, we do try to monitor that. At the end of the day, if I ban somebody and they care enough to get back into it by making an alt, skilling that alt back up, and then putting that alt into a ship, if they're terrible at flying and they continuously make problems, they're probably going to get banned again for the same things. If they reform, then great. We have a, you know, a good pilot. member of our community now. I, you know, you have a community, uh, TIS has a community. There's lots of different communities to belong to in TIS. It surprises me that people have the energy to constantly try to mess with communities. I think if they're, um, you know, turned away at a certain point, they go away. That's kind of how we do things. Um, we, we figure out, uh, is this, what's the intent here? Why is this person here? That's what we yeah. look at. And, and we, we give a lot of slack to people, give a lot of benefit of the doubt and stuff. But once we determine this person really doesn't want to be here, they just want to annoy the place. Yeah. Then at that point, even if you haven't broken rules, we're just going to find a way to hide you from everybody yeah. else. Yeah, and I'm absolutely. sure you do the same thing. Okay. We don't need to go on about that. Uh, I did want to ask you a, a financial question about uh, the new economy that's coming. The, as you know, Marauders have mm -hmm. been buffed and that's one thing, but you also have faction battleships now that are going to go up in price. Is that going to, uh, is the new economy going to affect you in any way? Um, I'm sure it will. Uh, we buy a lot of ships, as I said. We have bowheads. We have ships to move our ships um so yes it's gonna it's gonna affect us it's gonna affect the community i don't think that it's going to prevent anybody from being able to do the things that they want to do within incursions because incursions are making the sort of money what it might end up amounting to is that maybe you have to spend a couple extra hours in fleet in order to afford the next hull that you want to buy but in the grand scheme of things, I don't think so. Now, I'm open to being proven wrong about that. Um, but really, I think uh, we've got enough of a financial tank 
in these cases. I mean, you got to think about we we have we have an FC that runs maybe eight hours a day, five to six days a week. Um, and even if you think about how much you know ISK that person's making at the low end, just just an insane amount of money that they don't you know they don't need to spend every day. The expensive part will be losing your ship, and that'll be harder and harder. Uh, now we have a ship replacement program, and you know we we protect the people that fly with us. Um, you do. That's interesting. Yes, yes, that's actually that's very important um, mm. because, as we said, people are spending a lot of money on these uh, on these ships, and uh, while I wouldn't say that we lose ships all the time, we lose them. It's it happens. You know, people make mistakes. People, you know, human error occurs. People are out of position. Whatever you want to call it. Um, but we try to we try to protect those investments. Um, now I'm sure that you know there will be a couple of painful payouts when we uh, when the changes go in and it turns out that the hulls are even more expensive than they are right now. But you know I think we'll still be able to manage that again because the income is so high. I don't think that it's going to be a drastic uh, a drastic uh, impact on our ability to continue flying the, the the caliber of ship that we're flying. Yeah. That's interesting. You have an SRP. That's great. For, mm -hmm. for a community group, that's really cool. I don't think I've heard that before. Yep. The way that works is uh, we have a, there's a corporation that's run by one of our founders. And the only thing that this corporation is for is for the SRP. So when you join fleet, you can pay into the corporation. And for us, it's 15 million. Um, and that covers you until downtime. Um, so you can fly as much as you want with us in a single day, 15 million ISK, uh, that your ship replacement is covered during that. A little we bit of do insurance. have some qualifiers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now we do have some qualifiers on that yeah. in, uh, if the reason that your ship explodes is because you did something wrong, like you took a gate that you weren't supposed to, or, uh, you concorded yourself. We don't pay out for stuff like that, just in the way that uh, you know a real insurance company doesn't uh, replace your stuff if you're the one that breaks it. Um, we are very flexible on that, uh, especially for new players. We're not trying to get you into a ship and then you know it, have you blow it up. Um, and we also, as I mentioned earlier, while we don't uh, do ship replacement for getting ganked while you're traveling, we even we do ship replacement for getting ganked if you're flying in our fleets. So if you're listening to the FC, he tells you to warp somewhere, you get ganked as you're, as you're about to warp, we usually will cover that out because it's our fault for not paying attention to where the gankers were in system and not you know making sure we were better prepared for it. Yeah. Well, uh, Oxidizer from Warp to Me, the Incursion Runners, uh, you sound like a really friendly guy. What are your comms like? That's a question from Space Gator in our audience. <laughs> um, we are business when we need to be um you know there are there are critical points mainly like wave spawns um when when a new wave is spawning in a site or um there's a specific site that we do uh that is our most dangerous that's called the tcrc um and regardless of all the the jargon that i could use there uh people are welcome to talk and just BS about whatever they want in our comms um, during fleet. Is it rated FCL? PG or rated PG or rated uh, no? R? Definitely, I would definitely say um, it's definitely not G. Uh, there are probably 
some PG fleets, but I would venture more on the R to uh, X side of things, depending on Whoa. what time zone you're in. <laughs> now, Adults that all only. being that all being said, uh, it's if people are uncomfortable, if 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 a topic gets brought up, you know the the big three, you know politics, religion, things like that. We don't we don't talk about that stuff, but people make jokes about all all manner of things. Um, so we don't we don't censor ourselves away from many topics, other than you know the the politics and religion. But you you certainly hear some jokes that you're kind of just going like, "What the hell, man?" Afterwards, so yeah. All right, so it can get a little. Uh, I guess adultish. Um, so don't bring kids. Yeah. yeah, we've had. I think our youngest pilot we had was probably like fourteen. He was a, he's a good kid. Is very friendly, very nice, cared a lot. Um, it's probably worse than I all think, you guys these days, right? <laughs> I th- I think people did actually try to watch their their language um, uh, oh, around cool. around them, but at the same time, it's also like you know we're far from the worst place on the internet. Yeah. Oh my God! Far from the worst place in Eve. There's some eye bleach <laughs> yeah. yeah. moments oh, sure. in fleets where it was like, "Why'd you do that to me?" That's yeah. I used to I used to quit fleets because somebody put in something that was so objectionable to look at. I I, I bet. Yeah, it was awful. Can't unsee that stuff. Um, well, great. It's it's been a pleasure talking with you. Do you have anything else on incursions that people should know? Um, try it out. You know, if you are looking to make money in Eve. Uh, I think it is a, it is a safe and enjoyable return on your time. Uh, and I think you will find, uh, a lot of friendly people to play at a high level with. And I think for me, that's the biggest thing is that I get to feel like I'm doing top end content without, you know, having to worry about okay have i have i found uh, is is my corporation all doing it you know you can be in your own corporation with your own people your own real life friends that all know each other you can come fly incursions with warp to me and then you can take the money that you've made put a little bit of it into your ship to fly with us take the rest of it and go do whatever you want to do with it and just come back and you know enjoy what we have to offer yeah buy yourself a guitar case and fill it with uh exactly exactly Yeah, and uh, and battleships and nightmares, yes, and marauders. Cool. Well, <laughs> especially listen, marauders, please. Before you go, I'll tell you a little story because um, this is where we might intersect. But I started playing inter- um, incursions when they first came out, and I loved it mm-hmm. because I thought, oh, I get a chance to meet people without all the extra stuff. And uh, then a friend of mine, the friend that actually got me into Eve, uh, called me and said, hey, there's this group that wants to play. Can you FC us through some incursions? And I was like, sure, I'll do that. And so I FC'd them through some incursions and I got them. uh, I saved them, but I got killed all the time. And I was terrible. I was the worst FC. (laughs) And somebody finally came in and said, do you want some help? I can help you. And this European Mm -hmm. guy just started running the fleet. And I was, you know, helping him out, but he took over the fleet. Well, I went back to... Uh, that group, and we had lunch together a few days later, and we had a bunch of laughs about it. And here's the cool part. Do you know where that group was and where that lunch was? Hmm. I'll tell you. It was in uh, Irvine, Los Angeles, on the campus of uh, Blizzard, because the group oh, wow. was from WoW. They were guys okay. that actually worked at Blizzard, and they wanted That's to fantastic. play EVE Online. So 
So there's a connection, right? That's great. You, uh, the guys that made WoW wanted to play EVE Online and they wanted to do incursions. So there you mm-hmm. go. You're in the right place. I also played WoW before EVE. Awesome. I think I have something to pin on your chest around here somewhere. Let's see. <laughs> Gregorian. All right. <laughs> Listen, hey, it's a pleasure to meet you, Oxidizer. Uh, Gregorian uh, uh, set up this interview. So thank you, Gregorian. And uh, we gave you guys the news earlier. We have just a couple announcements before we go. And that is that uh, this Saturday we are finding out that Gobbins, the leader of Horde, is going to have a town hall. I believe this is as Delve winds down and 1DQ becomes the new target. So there'll be some transitionary um, powwowing going on from Horde. That's one of the groups in Pappy. Also, Bombers Bar is hosting one of the longest uh, NBSI fleets. or purple fleets, I guess they call them, which is shoot everybody that's not in your fleet. And that is a 48-hour long Armada fleet starting on February, sorry, Friday, the 23rd of this month. That's April 23rd to uh, Sunday. So it's going to be a very long time. Uh, Let's see, I'll just read this to you. Uh, They will have a rotation of FCs swapping out to run this, and then all they will need is support and bombers. Uh, they can get to all, they'll need all the the bombers they can get in order to accomplish this mission. Uh, There is a surprise that the FCs will have. It's a great way for players new and old to try black ops bombing uh, with bombers bar. They encourage everyone to come out and terrorize all of null. That's usually where they go. Uh, Bring your torpedoes, FVBs, uh, plenty of caffeine bombs away. Join the channel bombers bar or Discord, and we'll have that invite for you here. So some uh, there's another option if you want to do some bomber stuff. But I myself am very encouraged by incursions, as you heard today. I think it might be time to revisit those. And uh, Warp to me is uh, – what's the actual website? It's, uh, I'll pull it up. Um, we have an in-game channel that's Warp to me incursions. Uh, and Warp to me.net is our – as our forums and you can find a lot of the uh the info from there um our waitlist is uh wl.warptome.net got it oh that's where i was okay wl.warptome all one word dot net dot net cool and that that waitlist will take you to all of the places uh you can look at the fits you can look at everything you can see what fleets are running um Everything you so, need to know about us. Awesome. So, are you worried that even though you, you're making a lot, still going to be making enough money to afford ships as incursion pilots, it's going to be harder for people who to do incursions? Sorry, I think I think I missed one of the words there. Hey, you cut out. Are you? Uh, are you going to be? Are you worried that it's going to be harder for people to start out in incursions with uh, battleships getting more expensive? Even though you said you thought you'd be fine Battle- with, but battleships aren't getting more expensive unless you're talking about other battleships. They're getting cheaper. Uh, it's battle cruisers and smaller that are getting cheaper. Mm, I think battleships might get cheaper too. Actually, it's battle cruisers and below are not getting the extra. I think battleships are getting it's still up in the air. They may actually get cheaper. Actually, actually. And if they get think, more expensive, to, it won't be much. I, I think to answer it, we'll we do have to see how it shakes out, but that I am relatively confident that uh 
the people that are trying to get into it because it is it is a top end environment you know it's it's not exactly designed for the the brand new player um you do you know we do want you to have some sense of what you're doing when you're flying into this um so yeah i think it could be if they do go up in price significantly it could be harder to get started but i also think that we monitor the the meta of trade to make sure that we're not asking people to buy mods that are just ridiculously expensive we don't expect you know officer caliber things on people um and you know we 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 make recommendations based on prices then we'll have to adjust but i i definitely think it's it's doable regardless of what changes come in all right cool all right so listen if you're a video game player you're interested in eve online you want to get into incursions just talk to these guys because if you're smart you can use some money to inject up your character you can probably participate rather quick these guys will train you and uh if things get bad you can even get srp if you're doing it right anyway again nice to meet you and uh thanks very much for hanging out with us today thanks for having me appreciate it yeah it's great all right everybody we're going to send you on a raid and we will talk oh, to and you one more thing though uh, Dude, during the, the interview is over <laughs> like, all right during, go ahead during today's show uh the last keep star outside of the 1dq constellation that the imperium had was reinforced oh it was okay yeah we said yes, it was and that, going to be that will be the timer will come out right after Galvin's town hall the timer for armor yes the okay. armor timer will be so it'll be Goblins' town hall goes right into the bashing the Keepstar. Yeah. All right. Well, that means that probably around Monday, the final Keepstar will go down that's not in the Constellation. So now we kind of have a timetable of that. We'll revisit that tomorrow. I'll be back with uh, more talking in stations. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.